There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. We've got a little kicked back Sunday League Pundits collapse presented by Betway here today. And guys, we watched, I felt like, what was a six-hour Europa League final between Sevilla and Roma yesterday. And not to say that the quality wasn't great. I mean... It wasn't the best football we've ever watched, but there, it was a chaotic game to, you know, I feel like put it nicely or realistically as it was chaotic. You got a little bit of everything, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to go over that Europa League final. And are we shocked that Sevilla has now won seven out of seven Europa League finals or more shocked that they just handed Jose Mourinho his first European final loss? Thoughts, boys? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's weird because they were saying before, right at the start of the match, they were saying on the broadcast down here, uh, that uh, Jose should get another tattoo if he wins at this one here. Well, it looks like he's not going to be getting a tattoo, but uh, yeah, to be honest, it was Liam Peace who mentioned it uh, after from the uh, uh, Sunday League Pundits who mentioned that at points that Sevilla this season was in relegation territory. They were almost, they were at points, I'm pretty sure last in La Liga and they finished La Liga uh, like 11th or in 11th right now. And they're going on to win the Europa League. I think that's just kind of the beauty of this tournament in general. It's just like they, they have not had a great season in La Liga, but they're having a parade through Seville right now <laughs> because of the, the fact that they just won in penalties uh, against a, Jose Mourinho, one of, if not the greatest managers of all time. It's such a crazy story to me. Wazi? Um, honestly, I'm kind of chapped that Sevilla won it again for the seventh time. <laughs> it's like, can you not win any other trophy? Is your club so reliant on Europa League success? Can you not do anything in La Liga? Can you not progress anything in the Champions League? Do you, I mean, I get it. So Europa League, it's a trophy you won it, and so many other clubs would like to win it. But like, honestly, to me, it, I see Sevilla winning another Europa League. I'm like, this is just getting... It's, it's just weird. Like you're the, you're the Europa League club. You're in the competition that no big club wants to be in. They're taking a lot of pride in winning a lower competition. Oh my goodness. Didn't United lose to Sevilla? Virial. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. Sorry. Getting, there's, <laughs> there's so many, I swear there's so many games, so many storylines, sorry. So many tournaments that might, freaking head gets lost in it all. But yeah, no, I mean, Sevilla, just like we say Real Madrid owns the Champions League, 
Sevilla owns the Europa League. And I was, you know what? I was, to your point, Brett, this is a team with a lot of heart and a lot of passion because clearly if they were facing relegation and here they are now getting themselves in, in a position to play Champions League football next season, this is a team that can fight. So when Dybala scored that first goal for Roma, you know, a lot of people were saying, that's it. Like Mourinho's going to park the bus even more and it's over for Sevilla. But I'm like, this is a team you can't ca- count out. And in the second half, they kind of, you know, picked up the pace. They, they turned it on and, you know, some big performances from some of their players, you know, Bono being one of them and they handled their business and penalties. And as much as I wanted it for Jose Mourinho and Roma, because it's been, it would be so cool to have seen them go back to back in European finals. I have to give my respect to Sevilla for handling their business, for being down a goal and finishing off Roma and for finding a way to go seven for seven. Like they went in probably with more pressure because it's considered their tournament, you know, their turf and the Roma fans. I feel like there were way more Roma fans than Sevilla fans. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought it was crazy in the sense that we didn't get the best football, but there were some dramatic parts of the game. And again, I felt like I was watching it for six hours. Like we were supposed to do this podcast yesterday and I'm like, let's do it tomorrow because we've just watched, you know, four and a half hours of, of football and mm-hmm. there's 9 million things to talk about. Yeah. There, there was so the thing that I kept thinking about too, throughout the match was Bono. It yes. has had an unbelievable year. The this Canadian. Year. Yeah, he, that's a Canadian. I kept mentioning every time I, I'm here with family. I'm like, he's from Montreal. He's from Montreal. That's and, right. Yeah, yeah. Born in Montreal. That is right. Mm-hmm. See what I mean, guys? There are so many things going on this season with like World Cup storylines and all that. I totally forgot that that's... That he's Canadian. Yes, and and the like. Look at the the success that he has had throughout this year. The the Cinderella yep. run with Morocco, the, and all the massive saves that he had on penalties too, and in penalties, and and the success they had in penalties, and to go down in this match here to go to penalties, and wow, guess what? He's making big saves throughout the entire match. Those yep. fingertip saves that he had late in the the second half and in extra time too it's it it was a great almost bow on a great season for bono i'm curious i mean seville or the sevilla will be obviously in a champions league spot next year but i wonder if he's going to be on the move somewhere because there's a lot of clubs who's going to be looking for for keeper who has the pedigree now a championship pedigree as well yeah. And you, that's what I was going to ask you guys. Is it only a matter of time until we see Bono at a really big club and he's carried that world cup momentum. I think he should have got way more uh, achievements, accolades, you know, way more almost like clout from the world cup because he was such a star player. Uh, and you may, you mentioned these big saves in the game and then obviously his ability to save penalties. You know, I wonder if it's only a matter of time until he, is able to get to like a really big club because I think he has the skill set to do it. Obviously this guy's a gamer. 
Yeah. And even uh, Levakovic too, same World Cup. Yes. He's getting a move. If he's getting a move, Levakovic is, or if Levakovic is getting moved, then he's going to be getting a move too. Let's keep talking about the World Cup ties though, because this is. Uh, Montiel? Are we going yeah, to Montiel? Exactly. Which was amazing because, as we know, the winner of the uh, World Cup, the guy who scored the game winning goal, in penalty kicks was Montiel. Then he goes in the Europa League to score it and win it. But it wasn't without, again, a little bit of controversy. I know. As he came off the line, Rui Patricio comes off the line and it's redone, recalled. I haven't seen that encroachment call made all year. All year. And finally, Patricio makes the save in the penalty. The one save that he makes in pens and it gets called back. Like how do I always felt that was kind of a a soft call. And now to have it win, it's nice to have the storyline, but to win uh, the Europa League, am I kind of out of line with it being just like, ah, come on, let it, let him have it. Oh, it was, it was a very, I mean, controversial game. Yeah, it's not the only controversial call for sure, but to have it end like that, is it just like he made the save, let it let him make the save, move on to the next one. Brett, I totally know what you mean, because that's exactly how I felt. I'm like, this is a big call in a a moment where that was needed for Roma Mm -hmm. and you're giving him a redo. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> I agree with Waz though. It was just a controversial game. I think Roma got robbed with that handball and everyone's like, it was just the natural position of his hands. I'm like, but we see that all the time in football. You could argue 50% of the handballs were natural position. It's still a handball, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. I don't, I think that's why Jose Mourinho was going after the refs in those like tunnel underground videos. That, I that, I, didn't that didn't leave a good taste in my mouth. I didn't I, like that. I lost I, a little respect for Jose for that. I respect Jose Mourinho for, I know he's crazy since you've watched him manage. He's crazy. He's a hothead. He's controversial. But what I do respect about Mourinho is he's not afraid. He does not care about optics. He's not afraid to fight for himself. He's not afraid to fight for his team and he's not afraid to fight for his players. And I don't really care if he's in this, you know, in in the garage talking to the ref, that was clearly a handball where in a moment, you know, his team could have taken the lead. So People need to understand it's heat of the moment. It's Jose Mourinho. Who's like, I feel like constantly in the heat of the moment, but it's heat of the moment. It's a loss for Roma, a potential back to back, you know, European champions. And also it's a massive loss for Jose Mourinho. This was his first European loss in his career. So if he wanted answers and he's going toe to toe with a ref who made a lot of questionable calls and a lot, there was a lot of controversy in the controversy in the game. This is why I love Mourinho because I'd rather have a manager like that than a soft manager who doesn't give a shit. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, how many managers have we seen to just sit back and go, ah, well, that's, that's the name of the game. Yeah. A hundred percent. And those aren't managers who have the pedigree of Jose Mourinho. I mean, he was going to swing in extra time. The guy was getting re- I saw a reverse angle of the scrum that they had late in the, the match where he he's, he's pumped up, ready to swing at somebody. It, it's, it's the passion. It just adds so much to the game. And uh, I, 
I, I really let, let football have their villains. Let I football understand. have the villains. You know, we have the the calm coaches who we love, Ancelotti. You know, we get the eyebrow from Ancelotti, and that's probably the the most you're going to get from him, right? And I love him for it. But let the, let football have the villains. You know, let football have the shit disturbers and the guys who stir the pot. This is why we watch movies. We like to see these things happen. And sports needs a little bit more of like, you know, the Mourinho drama. Who was it? Conte and Tuchel literally squared up um, yeah. at the beginning of the prem. That was my one of my favorite moments of the prem. I'm like, <laughs> we're about to get see two crazy managers throw down. Yeah. yeah. Yes, please. For me, you it's know, like I can understand was you know Mourinho is not everyone's cup of tea, and and that whole situation threw a lot of people off. So was tell me what your thoughts. Were uh, I just think in general, just keep it on the pitch, even for the Roma supporters who were abusing Anthony Taylor at the airport and his family. That's just gutless. Wait, I didn't but, hear about that. Tell us about that. Well, Anthony Taylor was just you know he was trying to get to his uh to his flight, and all these Roma supporters at the Budapest airport were just going after him and his family family throwing oh. things throwing drinks his his wife was there i'm pretty sure his daughter's with him like guys i get it you lost the final you, it's like you're going after a man and his family in an airport like get a life yeah yeah honest, get a life that's so never okay so yes what's a table at table at the, at the <laughs> security like uh, i you also have to question why was security not tighter after you know an event like that but also you would think roma supporters or some people would have common courtesy, but they don't, they, they, they let the match get to their head. And it's like, I, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. Okay. And I, I agree that should never be the case. And you know, it's at the end of the day, people need to understand it's just a football match. Like at the end of the day, it's sports, which is entertainment and it's a game and there will be plenty more. Uh, but I feel like a lot of football fans in particular, it's, they feel like it's life for them. So yeah. they take it to the extreme, which I don't agree with, but it, explain the Mourinho situation for you because from what I've seen, at least maybe I haven't seen everything. Mourinho didn't throw down or anything. He no, just had, I, he had words with the referee. Right? I think he was just like saying how he was crooked and stuff, and I <laughs> like in the in the garage, which I don't know. It's I, I don't know if that was right for Mourinho to do. Maybe it was a waste of his time, a waste of his energy. I, I don't know. I, I can understand his emotions, and uh, it's it's tough. It's not the first garage dispute we've had before, and it won't be the last. It's not even the first yeah. garage dispute that he's had before. Like, yeah, I think it's just the it's almost like uh, a victim of being caught on camera type thing. There's stuff like that thing of even the the recent one with uh, Fred and the Fulham manager talking in the the parking lot and they're like oh well he's going to Fulham now like uh, you get videos of people all the time and photos and videos of people all the time sometimes you don't get those you know I, I think those are more common than we think and then sometimes it's you keep it on the pitch but sometimes it's hey we're, we're here for our jobs these are our careers let's both be maybe a little bit let's hold each other accountable whether that's in the the garage park or car park or not if it got physical i'd never agree with it mm -hmm. i never yeah. agree with anything like that ever ever or or even like extremely disrespectful 
words. That's mm-hmm. never okay. If it's <laughs> heat of the moment, you're crooked. Yeah. Let Mourinho get some stuff off his chest. I, yeah. I do think like constantly seeing that replay of that handball. I, guys, how many handballs have you seen in the box across all leagues, across all tournaments where that's, that's 100% a penalty. Hmm. It happened to Manchester United in the Europa league this year. Lissandro Martinez wasn't able to play in an important game for Manchester United this year because of a ball that was deflected off of his foot that hit his arm in a natural position. And he ended up getting carded and he missed the next game. And now in the final, we're sitting here going, Nah, we're good in extra time. And people expect Mourinho, one of the spiciest managers, to be calm, cool, and collected (laughs) as if. You know, this guy is still probably messaging the referee today, (laughs) (laughs) blowing up his phone. Exactly. But uh, even there is a a lot of yellows, especially to Roma late. Now, and I kind of noticed this as well, especially late in the match. Well, this was when it occurred. But throughout the match, Roma was getting a lot of the yellows. I think it was like six or seven yellows uh, by the 60 minute mark or something like that. Then in extra time, the last five minutes from about the five minute mark of added time in extra time to the final whistle heading into penalty kicks, there was about four or five yellows that were handed to Sevilla and the whole time that it was set piece after set piece after set piece after set piece for Roma for the rest of well that time there the last five minutes I don't know if it was a little bit of Anthony Taylor or, or, or the referees trying to balance it back out after that, but it did kind of feel that way. I, I don't know if I, I caught on to that and that was, and maybe I'm just creating my own theory, but was that something that, that you guys caught on to as well? Or am I just out to left field here? Cause it, it felt very slow at the, at the, at the end of that match there, there was again, the set pieces somebody yeah. down as well. I think it was not Alex Tellez, but there was like a head injury or something. I think it was like the final minute though. There was like a huge chance off a set piece and that could have been, I think it was Roma or Sevilla. And I was really hoping one of those teams scored cause that would have been way better. <laughs> yeah. That went way better. Roma hit the crossbar. It was that header. Yeah. He hit the crossbar. Yeah, Chris Smalling. It was Chris yes. Smalling. Yes, yes, yes. Honestly, this game was just yesterday. I feel like it was a year ago, but probably because <laughs> yeah. it, it took up five hours of our day. Uh, <laughs> yes, and that would have been wild. That was such a good header. Oh, okay. But- I have this issue, and I feel like it's with a lot of big games, and it happened again last night or yesterday with the, the Europa League final. It happened with the World Cup, and it happened with a lot of matches as well in the World Cup uh, uh, knockout stages too. Are there too many penalty kick shootouts by the end of the match? Is Are too many big games being decided by just – penalty kicks and i know you only go to penalty kicks 
for big games. So that's a little bit of a caveat to playing in a big game. But when you play 90 minutes and sometimes even more of playing in this battle for a big match, for a trophy, and yeah, you can go about, oh, you'll play all day, blah, blah, blah. But sometimes it just feels like after a big battle and you go out and you play for this big title and it for it to end off of a an encroachment yeah. off the line and now you get to redo it and go again and he scores and that's the title decider. Is that a fair decider for a trophy like this? That's tough to say. I, I, I can see, I can understand where you're coming from. I can see why Joe, you even make it sound like I can, you understand why Jose Mourinho is pissed off in a sense because of like, you know, the way it ended, you work hard all season just to come up short and it's just things didn't go your way. And, you know, yeah. And it's the same with the World Cup. Sorry, Caroline, but just to add just one more bit of context. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, it's just it's one penalty kick for the entire thing. It comes down to one person for a team sport. But sorry, I, I cut you off. There. No, it's you're so I used to feel, and I st- still think I feel that way. And we talked about it after the World Cup on the show. Is it's so unfortunate that these games end in penalties because Argentina France was electrifying i swear once you hit like the 70th minute you're like what the hell am i watching quite possibly the greatest football match of all time and it was so unfortunate to see that have to go to penalties but on the flip side it's like what can we expect more from these athletes who just played a hundred like the guys yesterday prior to penalties played 131 minutes of football their bodies can't take Mm -hmm. that much longer you know what i mean they're cramping they're dehydrated they can't move so i don't really know what the alternative is in football i see both sides because i do get frustrated with penalties i also do think it gives an opportunity for the goalkeepers to shine and I also, I say this very nicely. I haven't seen, at least in the last couple of years, have been some of the worst penalties I've seen from Mm -hmm. players. Like at the World Cup, there's some penalties that are taken. And I'm like, has unfortunately, and again, as nice as I can say this, has this guy ever taken a penalty before? I mean, the, the, the team I can just remember off the top of my head was Spain. I don't think that they hit one penalty against Morocco. And was it Morocco? If my memory serves me correctly. So I do think that there's a, a very big uh, degree of difficulty in these penalties for both the goalkeepers and the players. I don't think it's easy at all. And unfortunately people who don't know anything about football would say, how can you miss the net is so Oh yeah. yeah. It drives me crazy. Um, I don't like to see it end that way. I just don't know what any other solution could possibly be. Fair. Yeah, I mean, like you talking about how 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 could you miss even Brett in our re- one of our recent Sunday League matches, our buddy Matt, who's on who's our best player, our best striker, even misses the net. We don't know yeah. how he missed a penalty, but he did. Like it happens to the best. It's crazy. I, I always know the stutter step. I know yeah. when a player winds up and does a stutter. I said this is it. It's it's off target or the goalie's but, saving it. I do like how you mentioned like the players' bodies and how like you know I think people like people are saying how I'm gonna bring back Jose Mourinho. They're like, oh, he's a failure of a manager because he didn't win another trophy or something. But at the same time, there is elements of the game that a manager can't control, like the physical demanding 
demandments <laughs> of a football match. You know, mm-hmm. it, eventually it catches up to you and your players can't perform to their highest level, highest peak. They start getting a little bit more desperate. They're trying to use as much willpower as they can. They can't make those crucial, perfect passes, uh, those perfect shots. And that's like, unfortunately, football fans, they, they look through a lens where like, ah, yeah, he's, he's in perfect condition. There's nothing wrong with him. Uh, you know, eventually your 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 legs get tired, your feet like it's it's tough when you're it's it, from from a casual it's it's hard to understand what they're going through. Yeah, and I think that goes to just even back to these fans who take football to the next level. Yeah. They look at it in a lens of it's almost this you know, they're video game characters and, you know, yeah. this is like, it's not real. But, and then it becomes real for them when their team loses and they take it to the nth degree. No, these are human beings. Their, their bodies can only do so much, you know, midfielders run an average of like 10 to 14 kilometers a game. That's, that's, yeah. that's insane. Those, that's those, insane. I'm sorry to say those football fans that you say that take it to the next level probably would not even last 30 minutes in a match like that. They would be physically dead. Oh, well, not yeah. they wouldn't be literally dead, but they'd be they'd be completely fatigued. They'd be on the ground. They'd be they'd be crying to the coach. Josie, sub me, sub me up. But he's like, Josie's gonna be like, I can't sub you off. I only have three subs. <laughs> Josie was like, calm down. Yeah, yeah, go play. Go play. If you think you're so much player, go play. Oh, wait, you can't because you're fat. Oh, sorry, I'm joking. <laughs> That's coming from me. Hey, we prefer husky lad. We prefer husky. No, but uh, it's it's funny you mention this because uh, I, I was going to mention this player as well, and they. They said on the the broadcast as well, Paolo Dybala came into this match with probably 30 minutes in his legs and he came out with 67. And and he put in an absolute shift. And every time I watch Paolo Dybala, and I've seen him a bunch of times this year, this uh, this season, and every time I watch him, I'm just reminded with why he, or reminded why he was so highly regarded and is so highly regarded as such a, a good talent and, and fantastic footballer. I wish he got more praise than he gets still because you see it in a great goal that he had in this game. And every time he had the ball, he looked, he made the right play. Yeah. It, 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 is Roma the right spot for him again? Like he's coming out of Juventus. Uh, Roma is, a, you have a fantastic manager. It's a historical club. But do you think maybe the right cr- question is, does Paolo Dybala have it in him to make that one more step again to play for a massive club and fight for a Champions League title, fight for domestic league titles and yeah. be, again, one of the best players in the world today? Um. Yes and no. I mean, it depends on how he's used, I think, and yes. what kind of position. Like, it's, I don't know if we'll be able to see if Paul Dabala has full abilities. And I'm kind of sad, like, they didn't win the Europa League for him because I really liked him as a player. And mm-hmm. he was fantastic to watch in his younger years. But, you know, Dabala, I feel like he'll, he'll try and stay in Europe and he'll try to fight for a spot on the top team in Italy or Spain. I don't see him going to England. I don't know why. I just don't, I don't think he'd fit well in that culture it's weird to say uh, or you know be like me and uh, just go to the mls 
The MLS would would love a pile of the ball. It's not going to happen. I I love MLS. I'll never say anything bad about MLS and we'll talk about it here in a minute, but never know. Messi could be there here very soon. So I I don't know. I like Dybala. I I agree. I think he get, he, you know, he's gone through injuries and, you know, classic Mourinho saying he might be available for 20 minutes and then starts him and he plays over an hour. Right. And he ends up scoring a very important goal for Roma. So he he's a very, very good player. And we all know that. I just think that sometimes he's plagued with injuries like he is right now. And that's why Mourinho had to take him off because he was gassed. Absolutely. You know, you understand why. Uh, and I don't know. I'd love to see him succeed. I think like Wa said, La Liga could be a good spot for him, but if not, you know, see how he does in Serie A. Serie A is on the, on the rise. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a league that, is proven to have done really well. You know, you got the conference league final, the Europa league final, the champions league final, each represented by an Italian team. So you got to give respect to that league and we'll see what his future holds. But reality is, is he's what 29, 30. Mm-hmm. So might be in the later years of his career, but Benzema also won a Ballon d'Or at 34. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. I think you'd be, you know what? And we'll, we'll talk about, I guess, transfers here coming up and some transfer rumors coming up here. But uh, how about uh, a potential Neymar replacement at PSG? So is, so wait, what are you saying? Dabala? Yeah. Dabala. I'm not saying that I'm not sparking the interest here, but I'm just saying, I think you would be a pretty cool fit at PSG and, and in that Ligon there. It would be cool. Cause Mourinho's rumored to be going to PSG. Oh. It would be cool. If Mourinho like took Dabala with him, mm-hmm. if you know, he sees a lot in Dabala. I don't know their relationship, but that's what they're saying now. I mean, obviously guys, this is a rumor. This isn't, you know, factual, yeah. but they're yeah. saying, and Mourinho, Mourinho said he's still unsure of what he wants to do. Um, so maybe he goes and takes on a PSG club and takes a couple Roma players with him. You never know. Hmm. To be honest, I was an entire shot in the dark, but I'm happy that it kind of landed. Uh, but uh, OK, so we, we've chatted a bunch of of the Europa League. Anything else we want to chat about the Europa League before we get into silly season here with uh, names and faces changing places? No, just congratulations to Sevilla. Yes. That was a hard fought win and they freaking deserved it. Seven out of seven. That's what a flex. Uh, we, I was uh, scrolling today. I got a notification that Alex Tellez was live and I took a, a join. I took a well joined his, his live. And it was him at the parade of just all of Seville just lined up as there's flares and everybody screaming and partying. So yeah, I think it's going to be a very, a couple of late nights there in uh, for Seville. But okay, fun little silly fun time. We get to talk about rumors and where people are going to go because they're whenever we hear names in the internet, that means it's true, right, Caroline? Yeah, it's true until Benzema shuts everything down. Uh, so I woke up this morning. It's so funny. Yesterday, I checked my phone like crazy, even during the whole Europa League final, because I'm like, when's this Benzema news going to drop? Right. And I want to miss it. So I wake up this morning, like 6.45, and it's like, sources are reporting Benzema, you know, to the Saudi Pro League for 400 million euros in two seasons. I'm like, of course, of course it drops now. So everyone's reporting this big accounts, obviously like big, big accounts. It's making its rounds on social media across all these outlets. And then 
it's, it, 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 it just, you know, Benzema has this conference and he says the internet's not the reality. And right now he's at Real Madrid and there's nothing to say to Real Madrid fans because he is here and there's a game on Saturday. So you can read into both sides. One, he's signed in the Saudi pro league to Al Ithiad, uh, you know, with the clause of his contract, not 100% confirmed. You can go with what's rumored, which is 400 million euros per season for two seasons, or you can take that as it's not confirmed. They're still negotiating. Maybe, you know, Real Madrid and has convinced Benzema to stay and the quote unquote internet's not reality is Benzema being like, okay, I have one year left on, on this contract and I'm going to stay in Spain. So it's crazy. Who knows what's going to happen, but Benzema going to the Saudi pro league would be, would be crazy for obvious reasons. Ronaldo's there. He has a big impact, a big influence on obviously football, sports, pop culture, you know, clearly the Saudi pro league and getting players like Benzema and other players. And, you know, even Messi's in that conversation could be huge for the development of that league. So lots going on, but my eyes are glued to my phone right now to know what's going on with, with Kareem. See, it's interesting because a couple of weeks ago, I remember seeing Ronaldo say in five years or 10 years, the Saudi league is going to be a top five league in the world. I doubt yep. that. And well, and but you seeing the money going for 400 million. I mean, Benzema for 400. Look at what uh, take a look at what Saudi Arabia is doing with even golf in the, the live pro league. I mean, those guys are making half a billion dollars to go play golf in Saudi Arabia. Not even always in Saudi Arabia. Just and they're probably not even taxed. Yeah, well, exactly. And everybody's like, oh, well, they're they're never going to go and join the PGA. Oh, I'm sure they're going to take their half a billion dollars and, and wipe their tears away. And so I think they're they're starting to be it's it's sorry to say but it's the almost sport washing of what's going on with the fact that hey here's x amount of million dollars for for ronaldo to come play here benzema coming Mm -hmm. to play here modric is now being rumored to play here what if now messi gets money to go play here as well how many players can you then trickle down if they're going after the top players then how much would it take for guys like the ingolo Conte? Or, or guys like that to just they're still quality footballers and great at the game to just go out there and create a fantastic league to then turn into develop into mm-hmm. potentially in the next five ten years a top league in the world like it, it could very well happen Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I I just, maybe I'm just biased and I would prefer if MLS turned into that top league. And (laughs) I I, I just, I don't know, I guess for me, it's like, oh, I, I don't. Was like the I, I I can't watch the Saudi league, so it's like I don't want to mm-hmm. see these big players go. But that would change. Every league has to start somewhere, and I agree with you, Waz. I want to see MLS grow to be you know one of those leagues as well. Every league has to start somewhere, and what the Saudi Pro League has is a lot of money. Yeah. So you know with. Ronaldo going there, there's, you know, Nike is already going to be the future sponsor of Al Nassar, which is wild. And, you know, Benzema goes there and maybe Messi goes there or Modric. People are going to want to start watching these games. So they're going to, the broadcast rights are going to have to come. And these things in time are going to develop, which is, I think, why Ronaldo said within five years, it could be a top league. Because when Al Nassar played PSG in that little friendly match, everyone watched Mm -hmm. because you get. Again, Ronaldo versus Messi. Imagine if Messi went to Al Hilal for that like reported 1.2 billion. Like that is wild. Yeah. Messi has the opportunity to make 1.2 billion in 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 two years. Uh, all the hardcore Messi fans being like, no, he should follow his heart. You know, clearly heart's more important. Honestly, chase the bag. Messi's done everything he can for Barcelona, for football. You know, he's won the World Cup. He's won, you know, everything possible. Everything. Yeah. Let him secure the bag. And maybe, maybe it's not going to become a top five league, but maybe it becomes a league that people watch that's entertaining and fun. And, you know, is now getting these superstars who are getting paid a lot of money and probably have way less of a hectic schedule. You know what I mean? Like we talk about athletes and their bodies. I'm sure it's a lot more chill in the Saudi pro league than, you know, what it might look like in a premier league schedule. Right. Yeah. Even the, and let's even chat about the MLS. Cause I, I I'm in the land of the MLS right now and it is unbelievable down here. I watched an, an MLS game, uh, Atlanta United and new England revolution. That thing was unbelievable. But, um, the MLS take a look at even some of the prices though at the same time look at how much San Diego had to pay to get into the league they had to pay 500 million dollars to get into the MLS so hopefully soon there will be money in the MLS and it's not like the product isn't fantastic it's it's a really good product and you have players like Bernardeschi is unbelievable to watch Insigne is unbelievable to watch both of them are on the same team you you can talk about Shakiri. You can talk about uh, Tiago Almada. All these guys. Oh, by the way, who won the World Cup is yeah. playing in the MLS. And he's a young player who's going to have success in his career. This is a great league, too. So um, is there potential, too? Now it sounds like that maybe 
Lionel Messi will be a part of the MLS too with Inter Miami. Well, that's what everyone's saying. So obviously there's that Al Hilal bid. Fabrizio Romano specifically said it was over 400 million euros per season. So, and then obviously other accounts are saying 600, a total of 1.2 billion. So who knows what the real offer was in terms of salary? I trust like the very, very verified accounts, but there's also this inter Miami rumor. Like we, we know Messi wants to go to Barcelona. We also know that Barcelona has a lot of problems with, with finances and can they afford Messi? Like all this stuff, apparently inter Miami is in talks with Barcelona to work out this Messi transfer deal where inter Miami will sign Messi and then he'll immediately go on loan for Barcelona for six to 18 months. So he'll have this period of time where he's able to play in Barcelona, play in Europe, play in Spain, you know, live out his last stretch in Barcelona, come back to inter Miami. And you want to talk about money, like Brett, to your point about the MLS having money, apparently it would be inter Miami paying Messi 200 million euros over four years. So that's, that would obviously be the biggest signing in MLS history in inter Miami history, all thanks to David Beckham. What a guy, (laughs) what a genius, but it's just cool to see MLS working with Barcelona, one of the most iconic Mm -hmm. legendary clubs in the world, working out, negotiating this deal that could be what's best for Messi and finding a way for Barcelona to get Messi back, uh, which would obviously only help La Liga, right? Like that's the impact of Messi, but it's just very cool to see MLS from where they were when they started to, to like their growth where they are now. And to Waz's point, I do want to see MLS be a top five league. I'm very protective of MLS too, because it also has that potential, but there's money, there's big players, you know, David Beckham at the forefront's huge, like one of the most iconic footballers and like one of the smartest businessmen trying to navigate this deal. Oh man, I'd love to see that happen. And I promise you the second Messi signs an inter Miami deal. Even if he only plays one game, one minute with that team, I will be buying his Jersey. Oh, absolutely. And think of even the growth in, in yeah. North America too. Like I, I'm doing kind of, I, I'm, I've been doing a lot of research recently uh, along with, uh, I, I want to create a, a relegation, what relegation would look like in the MLS. Yeah. I was looking at pro leagues here in Ooh. North America. There is a pro league here in North America, the USL League Two, that has 122 teams in it. What? Yes, they're all the pro. They're all pro teams. So even think about having the development of having the money that Messi would be driving into American and North American markets that would then dribble down to all these other leagues that potentially there would be money in not only the MLS, but to push it down to these other yeah. leagues and push the MLS and North American football or North American soccer to the forefront here. I think it would be a massive thing. There's not, not the market. The fact that you're funding 122 teams in one league, there's obviously a market for it. So, and to have the best player of all time playing in this market, it would change so many things. I, I yeah, I just want to see Messi the MLS because every every stadium will sell out. Any 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 arena he goes to, it will sell out. Oh, it's just, it, would be, it would be insane. Insanity. Um, 
let's keep talking uh, transfers here uh, because there's one that seems to be almost already done, maybe potentially. And yes, wow, we've gone 40 minutes almost if I wait 30 seconds without really mentioning Manchester United. So let's do it. Now. <laughs> um, sounds like that Manchester United are on the, the brink or on the midst of signing Mason Mount. Great talent. We all know Mason Mount. And I'm not here to bring up Mason Mount to pump Manchester United's tires. What I'm actually going to do here is how do we feel about Mason Mount? I sit here and watch Mason Mount week in and week out. Great talent. Great footballer. But what does he do? I, I'm not sold on Mason Mount and him being this massive signing for Manchester United, but how am I just being a, a classic United fan going, oh, who's... It's uh, to say, for me, like, I haven't watched a lot of Mason Mount. I mean, he's just your typical attacking midfielder, I, I guess, just... I, in my opinion, he doesn't really excite me. Like he's just that player you can slide in your midfield, and he'll do the job, he'll do the business. But he's not like a Bruno. He's not. He's not like a game changer. He'll get you a goal here and there. I mean, for Chelsea, I mean Chelsea had a poor year, and obviously, but he had three goals, two assists, um, four assists in the Champions League. Right? Like I, I don't think we've. We. He, I, I think the past season was probably one of his worst ones and it's interesting like how United are desperate to bring him in right like yeah. it's very weird That's I, 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 he's the last midfielder I would expect him to even go after well um, that's my question for you United fans is is this a player you need like are yeah. I've a- heard United fans they've wanted another midfielder but like it's interesting I'm trying to read on why I mean, they already have Casemiro, McTominay, Fred, Christian Eriksen. Probably one of them has to leave. Like, it's a very competitive midfielder. I'll bet you Fred, I bet Fred is already signing for Fulham. I bet Fred's going to Fulham. And I'll bet you that McTominay's gone to to Newcastle. So, uh, United will bring in Sabitzer. And the thing is, is realistically, it's never bad to have depth. It's not bad to have players who can come in and have an influence and not be a 19-year-old named Garnacho. Like, it would be to have somebody like that, right? So you can look at the bench that Manchester City has or Liverpool has. Those are two clubs who have won the Premier League in the last six years for a reason, because they have good talent on the pitch in the starting 11 all the time and on the bench. Not always on the pitch all the time, but still being supplemental. So I understand that, but I just feel like, and you kind of said it, Wazi, is just the, is he that important of a signing where we're going, oh, Mason Mount, look at this. I just feel like he's, I hate to use the term here, but mid, you know what I mean? It's just doing it. He did, he did score 11 goals and 10 assists uh, the year prior in the Premier League. So he does have a little bit of output in him. In him. So it's, and he's a player who's won a trophy, you know, he's won a Champions League. So, um, he's it's not a bad. I mean, you know, adding that depth to your midfield might be actually good. You look at a team like Manchester City, right? Like how many players do they have in their bench are quality that they can rely on, and maybe that's true. Right? It's it's never been a problem with Manchester City when it comes to bringing good, talented midfielders. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. The depth is super important. And Man City's bench is yeah, competitive, yeah. right? Like, so, bench, like Julian Alvarez comes on and scores a goal. You know what I mean? Like that's wild. So that's a great point. But Brad, I totally know what you mean when you say my player that when you describe as, you know, very talented, very good, you want to see him succeed, but it's just a little underwhelming for me is Zhao Felix, Felix, however you pronounce his last name. That's how I feel about him. You, you want to see Zhao Felix do well. You want to see him kind of become a little bit more polished, but it's just, when I watch him, I'm like, Oh, I always want more from him. And it becomes to the point where I don't think he's as of an exciting player as everyone makes him out to be. Um, so I totally understand that sentiment. And what I will say is I was more excited about hearing the potential of uh, McAllister going to Liverpool. That's a midfielder who I'd get pumped mm-hmm. about. I think he's an incredible player. When I watched him in the world cup, I'm like, this guy works so hard. He's so good. He didn't get enough praise, you know, in Qatar for his performances. And, and if Liverpool signs a midfielder like that, I know he's, you know, everyone wants Jude Bellingham, but I think McAllister will do a lot of good things for a club. I didn't have that same feeling about the Mason Mount rumors. So mm-hmm. I understand the depth conversation, but Brad, I also understand what it's like to kind of see this player who's very talented, you know, who's had success, but you're left wanting more from them. Yeah. So I hope Joe Felix finds success. You know, I don't know if it's going to be at, the, at Atletico, you know, I don't know what the situation is with Diego Simeone. I know that I think the two of them have beef. Mm-hmm. Maybe Mason Mount finds success at United, right? And like I- maybe, maybe that's a team under a manager with, with players. Like I find it hard to believe that with Casemiro and Bruno, like everyone should be succeeding. Right. So maybe Mason Mount's this, like it's going to be like this perfect storm for United almost. Mason Mount's also only 24. Maybe, you know, he's had so many different managers, maybe under someone like Ten Nag, who's done well with younger mm-hmm. players, who's done well with midfielders, get the most out of them. You know, maybe he doesn't have any injuries. I don't know if he's really been injury prone either. So, and he, um, he's- He's very flexible. Sorry, Walsh. Yeah. He's very flexible in the positions he can play. He, he can play all over the pitch, which is a very nice thing to have. So, I mean, that will also go into the fact that sometimes, I mean, you're always going to have Bruno and Casemiro in that midfield. It's just a matter of building around that. Yeah, you know, Ten Hag and his staff, I mean, they clearly have uh, the typical player they want. I guess yeah. they, they took their time and identified Mason Mount. It's not like, yeah, let's just get Mason Mount. They, yeah. they they definitely took the time to go, hey, we actually want to pursue this player. Ten Hag sure. knows what he's doing. So yeah. I don't question this guy is, is very smart. I made a video, I think, about United obviously being in Champions League football next season. And so many and and what Ten Hog has done is really incredible in a short period of time. And so many people like were like, well, for the amount of money that they spend and for the team that he has, like it should be. And I'm like, do people forget that you guys were at the bottom of the prem? Mm-hmm. At some point for the yeah. first time in 30 years, not to mention the toxicity of everything. Every single day I looked on social media and it was like, hashtag Glazers out. <laughs> Ten Hag literally came into a toxic situation where he was met with so much adversity, you know, bottom of the prem. There was also the Ronaldo drama, which you guys know me, I'm on Ronaldo's side, but there, it was still affecting Ten Hag. Mm-hmm turned it around, brought in players that obviously helped turn it around. Casemiro is your guys's freaking soldier, like foundation of that team. And 
look what he's done. Yeah. He's flipped it around. And I don't know why people can't give United credit. I don't know. I think that there's a lot of haters, but I think you guys deserve full credit for what you did this season. A hundred percent. And one more United thing here and we'll move on. I promise. But it's, it's a big name in football and being adding to this side would be very interesting and it's Neymar, a name yes. that I was not at all expecting going into this summer for Manchester United. And it sounds like there's like Sky is reporting that there's no other club he's going to sign for but Manchester United. And you sit there and again, it's almost like the the Mason Mount talk and you go, is this a player that United needs? But you, you go, well, sometimes you're lining up with Garnacho on one side and Anthony on the other. Well, if somebody gets hurt, then what? Are you going to play Alanga? Are you going to play this or that? Like you're going to be putting in a, a, a world-class winger and yes, he's injury prone. So there is that as well, but you still, you can't replace class and he is class at his position. I think he would be an unbelievable addition to United. I would love to see, I've been saying this for so long. I'd love to see Neymar in the Premier League. (sighs) I would love to see how he does. I'd love to see him at United. What he's an iconic legendary footballer. Give him an iconic legendary club with a really good manager. You know, he's, he can play with Casemiro, you know, I'm sure him and Bruno know each other very well. Mm -hmm. So give him that opportunity. I also, like, I do agree with you. He's very injury prone and I know that he's, you know, suffering that ankle injury now, but I wonder you know, what, what his spirits are like and, you know, what he's like outside of PSG, which is where he's been for a long time now. And, you know, PSG fans aren't the nicest to him. And even, you know, the media over there is very hard on him. Like one article came out saying he's the biggest flop in football history. I'm like, people forget he's a generational talent. You know, I I feel like sometimes he's very highly disrespected where I wonder if you kind of took him out of that environment now and put him in into a, a team where, you know, he's teammates with Casemiro and in international football, you know, he knows a lot of these guys see how he does. I, I would love to see him flourish. I think that he deserves that opportunity. And I think the premier league could use a little bit of Neymar swag. Oh. I think it'd be so cool. Absolutely. Wazi, do you think you'd fit at United? Oh, probably, especially with Casemiro, Anthony, a few of the Brazilians there. Anthony, so another think, one, yeah. I think the culture would suit him a bit, and uh, I'd, I'd like to see – I would just like to see him in the Premier League, and I think Man United would be the perfect fix, fit, honestly. I think he'd have a lot of fun. Oh, I'm getting so many United jerseys next year. They're so pretty. We got so many fun players. Okay, I'm getting giddy. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> I love that for you guys, and I, I've always liked United – so it would be cool to see, you know, a good Neymar signing and seeing what that that would be like. But one thing I I still want, I liked Anthony Spins, even though everyone hated him for it. I want more spins from Anthony. I want Neymar to come in and I don't know what he needs to do, but keep do I love like the Brazilian flair. <laughs> so I hope that they bring it to the to the prem and even like dancing after they score. I hope we see that. I think it'd just be such a nice addition to the they'll Premier sign, League. So sign Richarlison will do a little pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, good times. Good times during the World Cup. Uh, Anything else you guys want to talk about? 
Good for me. Watch more MLS. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we can leave by saying Ronaldo has denied any rumors that he would be going to Newcastle or Bayern Munich, and he will be staying with Al Nassar. So for anyone who is hoping that he'd be going to Bayern, because I think that even Bayern Munich fans were chanting after games like Ronaldo's name. So I think, you know, that might be a knife in a lot of footballers hearts today, but he's staying there in the Saudi pro league and maybe calling his boy Benzema <laughs> over there very soon. So we'll see. No, send him to LAFC. Yeah. Oh, Toronto FC. What are you talking about? Yeah. We need more dysfunction at TFC. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. That's an episode in itself. I haven't yeah. watched much MLS or even TFC. I have to admit, but I hear it's crazy over there right now in it TFC is. land. It's not fantastic. Another uh, another little uh, talking to with Mark Anthony K and a fan the other day, and uh, yeah, Bernardeschi was taken out of the lineup and Signe put into the lineup. Yeah, there's a little bit of back and forth here, and it's it's getting it's getting uh, a little troublesome in the six. The drama, <laughs> and honestly, the drama has not stopped this yeah. football season. It's yep. been relentless. I think we should have a kicked back episode and a Sunday leagues pundit episode where we kind of go over maybe our top five storylines of the season. Like it could be from any league, um, but just like the wildest storylines that have come out of this season with everything that's happened, like world cup champions league, arsenal bottling, oh. anything you want to talk about. Oh, there'd be so many to pick from. I'm all the way in. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll do that. Maybe if, if next week's a quiet week. Although next week's the Conference League, which Brett thought was today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Poor guy. Not, not me going through the, the television guy going, where is it? What is going on? And it also says it's on Wednesday, right? Not Thursday? Yeah. Not me thinking today was Wednesday. So we've been having a great week, everybody. <laughs> every day for me is Monday. Honestly, <laughs> since since the pandemic, I feel like oh. every day is the same. And what is a weekday? What is a weekend? Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Kicked Back and the Sunday League Pundits presented by Betway. We'll be back next week. And let us know what you think about the Europa League final, Jose Mourinho, all of the transfer drama, and if you guys would like to see Neymar at Manchester United. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 